Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks, and we have a special treat for you. We've got a friend of mine to introduce to you, uh, Sheridan McDaniel, and we're going to have a Soul Talk. Yes, we are. Glad to be here. So glad to have you, Sheridan. I, I uh, joke that he's my brother from another mother. That's right. <laughs> and it's been so fun to be getting to know you the last, uh, I don't know, been about, uh, what is it, about six months ago or so we met on yes. a, a call with some yes. other pastors here in, yes. in Orange County, California. Yep. And uh, you were quick to follow up on that. And I was so glad we had a conversation. And then we've had some conversations since, since then, just getting to know each other and yes. pray for each other. And uh, gosh, the Lord drew you to come to our Soul Shepherding Institute. So we've been hanging out there too now. Yes, yes, yes. That was quite an experience. I was really looking forward to it because a few years ago, I was looking to get a degree in psychology and started with one class and um, our transition at that time caused me to not be able to finish and then to be introduced to you and to discover okay um, you know soul shepherding spiritual formation and I'd heard the term before but I really did not know what it all was about but then I start reading and uh, and then when the invite came for the soul shepherding I said oh this is going to be it you know I I can get what I was looking for back then and it's better for me now because it really targets the the pastoral avenue and position that I'm in and so to be there in Georgia uh, at Big Canoe it it was uh, quite an experience that that uh man the people Mm -hmm. that I met the relationships that were built um, and then the teaching from you, Christy, um, the example that you two modeled, uh, it, it just, man, it built me, strengthened me. Thank you. It was so fun. We had over 20 of us there, uh, men and women, uh, serving the Lord in different positions of life. And gosh, it's funny, isn't it, that uh, y- you and I and a few others flew all the way from Orange County, California to Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> To do the institute, most of the most of the folks were from the southeast back there, which is why we did it. But you you were one of the ones that uh, flew flew out there from here. Yeah, got got on that plane, got out there, and uh, got in the big country, and uh, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, we were back in the in the woods we with the woods. Uh, all kinds of wildlife and yes. uh, a lake there in, in a huge house together and. Uh, one of the funniest things of the week was is I learned that you're like a city boy, like a real city boy. Like this was like really roughing it for you. You, you cut me and I bleed city. And, uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking here we are in this huge estate home. It's you know new and nice and, and so comfortable. And you're out there looking at the wildlife, you know, like going, I haven't seen this before. Yes. And it's, you know, it's like deer. <laughs> yes. Deer, trees, um, bugs. Yes. Yeah. You Bugs, know, yeah. yeah, all those things. And it was freezing, Bill. Oh, the cold. That yeah, was I like... got down to like 50, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did some of our meetings, over the, uh, all of our meetings outside in a big deck because of 
a COVID pandemic. And so we had, you know, lots of airspace to keep everybody comfortable and safe and everything. But yeah, it was, it was a little chilly some of those mornings. We had some blankets. So yeah, yeah. but it, it was great. I mean, uh, again, being able to do the meetings outdoors was very, it, it just made it powerful. Mm. Uh, experiencing God's creation, you know, while getting God's teaching, while spending time with God's people, it, it was good. Yeah, so awesome. Well, so uh, we're in a series on Advent, uh, Surprising Joy, which is themed on a new resource of uh, Soul Talk meditations and cards that we've developed that are themed on different uh, characters in the Advent story. And if you listening haven't picked up your copy yet, you'll want to do that. Follow the link in the show notes. And this is a really fun experience for you to do in your devotions or to share with a friend. Or you, This is like so accessible that you can share this over a Christmas party with, with friends or with your small group. And each person picks one of the cards and then people get to reflect on their card and share with each other about their nice. experience journeying with Mary or Joseph or the wise men or the shepherds, or we even got some animals in there, yes. <laughs> you know, the camel, the sheep and, and the different parts of the Christmas story. Each character has a different uh, scripture related to it and a different question that gets you to think about sort of your life and your relationship with the Lord. And so it's called surprising joy. Yes. Because that's really the theme of um, Advent and uh, Christmas time is the incarnation of Jesus and that God and his grace comes to us in ways that surprise us and bless us. Yes, definitely. I, I like that surprising joy. Um, just the, the theme and, the, and the, the power of being filled with joy and the surprising graces and gifts that come with that, especially during this season and time, really, I know it's going to uplift so many people, mm. you know, and, and just to, to give them hope during uh, our, our season in this year that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and tell, tell our listeners about, um, just a little bit about your church, uh, a place for worship is uh, what a great name for a church. It's like, what, you know, what is church about? Well, worshiping God, the father, the son, and the spirit joining in with the angels and something that you teach in terms of like, you know, your, your vision is that this is a whole lifestyle. You, yes. you key on uh, Psalm seventeen fifteen. I love this verse. As for me, O Lord, I will behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied mm. when I awake with your likeness. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that just strengthens me just to hear that verse every yeah. time. Because that, that's the whole vision and, and heartbeat of, of a place for worship is the presence of the Lord. Um, for me, everything starts there. I m remember uh, just reading it in Genesis and, and the whole creation and seeing that the first gift that God gave to man was his presence. Mm. It, it was just Adam and, and God and his presence to him was a gift and everything builds from there, you're mm -hmm. off the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he gives them his presence. Then he gives them a job, then a wife, <laughs> and then children. And I love that order, uh -huh. you know, it, but everything starts with the presence of the Lord. And so a place for worship is just, God, we want your presence so that mm -hmm. we can live out your likeness yeah. every day. So, so that, Lord, when you see us, you see yourself. And when mm -hmm. people see us, they see you. And that, that's what drives us. Yeah, that flow that you're describing is so important. And I, I think that's why I was so drawn to you and meeting you is just experiencing this flow in, in your heart and 
your life and your ministry, the flow of God's presence and then the likeness of Christ lived out. Uh, in soul shepherding, we, we call that the, the inner journey and the outer journey. Yes. You know, abiding in Jesus and our intimacy with Jesus and then going out to serve the Lord in that, that strength and that overflow of that experience of God's presence. Yes. And, and, and it's, I mean, even in that, that word, soul shepherding, I have to be shepherd first. That's right. You know, and just taking in his presence before I can do anything outward. It's like God, you know, work in me so you can work through me and just in, in, in learning to practice his presence every day. Uh, I know a key word that that uh, Christy has shared when we're in Georgia is we're not trying, we're training. Yeah. And, uh, and we are, which has a, just a total different approach to what we're doing. When you're in training, you're mm-hmm. practicing, you're you're doing something every day. And, and our goal is just to learn to live his presence. And we have a, a, a analogy we use in the word fit F I T where our goal is to faithfully intentionally train. There you go. To live out the character of Christ. Awesome. Yeah. I could use that fit faithfully intentionally train. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in specifically in your church and your ministry, we're training to, appreciate God's presence. So, I mean, there's the actual presence of God. God is omnipresent. God's everywhere. But you're talking about the manifest presence of the Lord or this process of becoming more more conscious or even more unconsciously attuned to the presence of God. Yes, and which when I read the word, um, I want to learn how to apply it to my life. And that applying it, I have to focus on God's presence more I focus on his presence with me it brings the word to life for application not just you know reading alone but being able to to read to digest for application purposes and that so when we think presence we think practice we think presence we think practice yeah. you know we, we have to have to live out what God has given us in, in his word but the presence of God is what's going to give us the ability to do that yeah, one of, one of the things that, other things I love about this is you're bringing out something that's sort of beyond the, the principles and the truths, and which is so important that Christianity is historical and it, it's true, and God teaches us many principles of truth in His Word. But sometimes we become students of that or even experts in that, and we're not attuned with God's presence, and we're, we we haven't learned. Uh, we talk a lot about the easy yoke. Um, because that's been the theme of my life. And uh, my book, uh, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, is all about learning to do our life and our work and our ministry with Jesus. Yes. And that's this uh, other wording for what you're talking about yes. here with uh, appreciating yes. God's presence. Yes. Yeah. The, the with Jesus, you know, the Lord with me to help pull me, to help build me, to help strengthen me. You, you take out that with Jesus and I'm on my own. Yeah. You know, so our journey with Christ is with Jesus, which is an easy yoke, you know, mm. when it's with him. It just takes that heaviness off of me. All right, Jesus, we can do this. That's so good. So here we are and, um, you know, you're, you're, we're here together in our 
studio, which is actually at uh, our home in Irvine, California. Beautiful. You're home. sitting in Christie's chair here. She's she's prettier than you are. Yes, she say. is. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 she got boom done. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little I'm kind of strange here looking at you, Sheridan, when I'm used to looking at Christian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, so let's get into some of the challenges here because we're, it sounds so good, you know, living in God's presence, and that's what helps us to enjoy the moment, and that's what helps us to have strength and power for, for life and work and ministry, and yet there are so many stresses and challenges, and boy, we've had uh, so many in the year 2020. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. It's it's been tough, and it's it's uh, as we've been talking. It's been tough for you as as a pastor. My gosh, we go through COVID, and then you know your church can't meet, and then there's the challenges of of putting it all on, on uh, technology, and then we've got all the all the social unrest with the issues of racism, and and then wanting to reopen church, but the governor says we can't, and some people want to meet, and some people don't think it's safe to meet, and then. We got all this divisiveness in our country and in our cities and even in our churches and our homes with people with sort of different political orientations. So yeah, a lot of a lot of emotions that, that people are having. And how is that for you as a pastor, as you're listening to people and uh, helping them, gosh, bringing comfort, perspective, helping them sort stuff through, helping them with conflicts? Yeah, and and it falls back on our 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 having Christ um, in the midst of all this, and leading, you know, a place for worship, family, our community, my personal family and friends who I talk to, and you know, every you know, people have different views, different values, but again, when we have that Bible. Um, that has to be the final authority in our life is, is the word. And, and we have to submit ourselves to that in spite of all the different viewpoints. And, and then most important is how we respond to something. If, you know, whoever is chosen as, as president or whatever propositions pass, what's most important then is my response mm-hmm. and, and not to uh, respond in a way that is outside, you know, of God's word. You mm-hmm. know, if I respond correctly and put my trust in Him and know that God is in control, it, it, you know, we're gonna be all right. It's it's the first time I've lived in a season like this, but I know it's not the first time there have been, you know, seasons like this from the time of the beginning of the Bible. Talk about nothing new under the sun. So I just want to make sure we. I just strive on response, response, and response because things are not always going to go the way we want, but how we respond is critical. Mm-hmm. So that's. Yeah, that really speaks to me. And it, it speaks to me with sort of my experience of the difficulties in these last number of months. And I felt like I, Christian and I were handling it pretty well with COVID and the pandemic and the challenges with church and then when the, we had the uprising with the, the racism right. and, and the riots and all the social unrest and then all the just the all the talking about that I, I i part of it was i was so tired coming into that from our soul shepherding pivot that had us you know really busy and had me maxed out in um, my work load and um, and then going through the whole COVID thing and helping pastors go through that. And I mean, I thought I was doing pretty well, but then when that hit and I felt pressure, like, okay, I need to say something. And, and as Christian and I talked about it and 
we had some friction about that and I prayed about it and I had to fall back on what you're saying on just the way of Jesus and the timing of the Lord and just, just humble myself and say, you know, I just, I need to start by being quiet and I need to pray. Right. And, uh, so everybody seemed like everybody was, you know, posting stuff and taking positions on everything. And, and I'm just like thinking, well, I love everybody. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or I want to be, you know, this peacemaker and, I've got friends who are police officers. I got friends who are African Americans right. and I got people on different sides of the issue here with how, how to think about this. And I have some ideas about it, but I'm not sure. And I know how to talk to one person, but how do I talk to all these people about such a contentious issue? And what am I going to say and publicly? And, and I just kind of wanted to hide. And yeah. so I just prayed and sought the Lord. And one of the things that I sense the Lord say to me as well, I you I just introduced you to Sheridan McDaniel. Give him a call and see how he's doing with this and how he's feeling about it. It's like, okay, Lord, I know how to do that. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> and I, I really appreciated your your call when you called me because, of course, when that, the George Floyd incident, literally watching it just yeah. crushed me. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of days, just you know, you, you found my myself on pause. Yeah. You know, and um, it's like, wow, you know, not again or not like this. Mm. And um, and so, of course, hurt, you know, mm-hmm. feel my heart and and, um, you know, had to process it, deal with it. But again, then watching all the uprising and the protests, the, you know, um, vandalism, just all the stuff that happened. Uh, and realize again for me, response was had to come from a my relationship with God because mm-hmm. as an African American black man, I've had my experience with police officers that you know were not good. Mm-hmm. I've had experiences with them that were good, and so mm-hmm. um, I you know just couldn't rise up. Or oh, I hate cops and all cops, um, but again as a believer, I had to respond not as a black man. Mm. responding and, and what I mean by that is that I'm a I'm not a I'm not a black Christian I'm a Christian that's black mm. and so my response had to come from my relationship with Christ mm. and then coming from that angle you know I, I remember when uh after the the police officer I forget his name God I wish I remember but the one who actually had his knee mm-hmm. on his neck uh, when we met that next Sunday for church, uh, we prayed. I said we're gonna pray for him, and I led mm, a prayer for that's the officer. So good. And uh, and as, you know, and after service, we always have a time for people to comment. You know, to say what they heard God saying during the word, and uh, and they really brought that part back up. And they said, you know, I I wasn't ready to do that, mm. and I didn't expect that to hear that but it touched their hearts mm. from a believer standpoint that we bless those that curse us That's and we right. pray for those that just, and again, if the word can be the final authority in my life, then, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to just be out there responding, you know, in a manner that is not, you know, good. And mm-hmm. so it, I could just tell that broke, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people in our church in uh in a good way. To where we have to love, we have to forgive, we have to align ourselves with the heart of God, and uh, you know, so we prayed for him, you know, mm-hmm. and of course for Floyd and his family. But sometimes yeah. we tend to just 
lean on one side and not the other. But as a believer, we just have to stand in the heart mm-hmm. of God and say, Lord, what do you want for mm-hmm. this one? What do you want for that one? And go as we start our conversation, go with Jesus <laughs> through, yeah. through this. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so good. I mean, our best witness for Jesus is how we respond to trials, especially injustice and suffering. And so, I mean, people see Jesus best when uh, you and your church, uh, African-American people, can respond to that way. I mean, that helps us understand because we all have something in our life where we feel mistreated. And yeah. and that that really takes us into what we're talking about here. It's a, such a good example of it that it's out of God's presence that we're able to minister the love of Christ. Yes. And uh, really, you know, it doesn't seem like in your situation or even in, in my situation that we were enjoying the moment because right. this was, it's not a joyful thing. This is a horrible thing, uh, evil thing, and right. uh, lots of anger and fear and lots of bad stuff going on in our, our world uh, where it shouldn't be happening in places right. of... of law enforcement and in, in our cities and reactions that, that aren't understandable, but not right in some cases. And so it's just a, a, a mess of things and people are scared. And yeah. so it's like, you know, enjoy the moment. What, what's, what's there to enjoy there. Right. But um, God has made us so that we can like feel more than one thing at a time. We're complex um, personalities as human beings. And so I think in both of our stories, we've illustrated that when you bring something hard, in my case, mm-hmm. feeling stymied and not knowing what to say, feeling, feeling pressured, feeling also very grieved and uh, traumatized by the, the video and how could anybody do that to anybody and how could this happen again to mm-hmm. uh, someone in the African-American community and how could there be a, an, yet another police officer that would do that? Right. Um, it's so horrible, but yet when we go into God's presence, we, we, can, we can find perspective we can yes. find peace we can find forgiveness we yes. can find god's redemption um and we can work with god of eternity to, to continue to bring something good out of it so there can emerge a joy in that yes, for the sir. joy set before him jesus endured the cross and so just to see you doing that with your people in your church so beautifully to pray for this police officer and and others in this situation uh i just know the lord would be smiling and and frankly, I believe that George Floyd in heaven, he would be smiling because yeah. there is something else yeah. being redeemed yes, from the, the, yeah. his death. Yes, exactly. And and the answer to the divisiveness and all that we, we're seeing is the church. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 the answer when Jesus prayed, you know, Father, make them one, even as we are one, and, and praying for us. That's our races, our cultures, you know, make, make them one so that the mm-hmm. world will know you sent me. And if the church, you know, when we begin to show the, the visible, uh, church, that is the invisible church is one. When we show that, show that invisible church and make it visible, um, we, we will heal this world mm-hmm. of, of the division that's there by our oneness and coming together. Because again, we, we come together as believers in, in our races and our cultures, you know, our secondary based upon the fact that we stand on the word together. And, um, and it's a 
that that's really a heart change. I see it as because you could change policies, which a lot of the cry is, and they need to be changed, mm-hmm. and some are being changed. But then, if the heart of man is not reached, yeah, you know, he'll just disregard what a policy says, and and that's where the church, when they see our oneness and us marching and walking together, and us not divisive, divisive and separate, the world they'll look and say that you know that that's what it should be right there and we can bring a heart change to every man and woman boy and girl and and then we can do what's right you know for for one another this is what jesus said you know after he washed uh peter's feet and and judas's feet and uh matthew the tax collector's feet Mm -hmm. and you know uh some very disparate people in their political views and orientations and relationship with god and uh, is potentially equally as divided as we are yeah. now. And yeah. he's washing all their feet and he's loving all of them on his team of 12 here. And he says to them, you know, love one another. Yes. A new commandment I give you, yes. love one another. Yes. And he says, that's how the world will know that you're my disciples. And that's how the church is going to grow. Right. And, and our love is really measured by the hate we can love through. Mm, you know, wow, that's that, a good line. That, that that's where <laughs> that, that's where I love you. Can, we can, you know, it's easy to love somebody who loves me, but I'm not can love some, through the hate. You know, that's where okay, that's real love right there. And that'll really preach because you've experienced some hatred. I mean, you were you referenced that earlier, but as an African American, you've experienced racism and injustice, and yes, and so to love through that, yes, yes, and my loving through that even enable me to now be a chaplain at the Fullerton Police Department, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, predominantly, you know, it's been a, a white police department, but um, just to be there, to be able to build relationship and friendship and be a bridge for oneness between mm-hmm. police. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, you know, it, it's an assignment that I just really yeah. believe that God said, this is, you know, why I put you in Orange County. For such a time as this, such a time as Sheridan is is so good. I mean, I just wish we had things like this in our news. (laughs) We're we're more prominently being talked about because I mean, this is so awesome for you as an African American pastor to be the chaplain to the police force in your city that's mostly white police officers. I mean, talk about redeeming uh, injustice and loving someone who in some ways uh, represents some people that have been like an enemy to your people. Right. Exactly. And, and, uh, and, and I, I'm glad that I not like one that uh people would look at and say, Oh, you uncle Tom, you know, you're, mm. you know, you're, mm. you're not real black or whatever. Nah, that's not my, you know, anybody who knows, right? <laughs> they can't use that, that terminology, but mm-hmm. to be, you know, just authentic and real and to be in a place where yeah. and in a position where you can be who you are and, uh, and just, uh, again, be an agent of, of Christ, you know, and, uh, and just moving and reconciling men's heart to God and being able to do weddings for police officers, being able to counsel and, and partner with them, mm-hmm. you know, to talk with them during ride alongs and, you yeah. know, and then, you know, when, 
I remember one ride along we did where they had me get out and talk to the people who were sitting, who they sat on the curb, you know, while they were doing some investigating. They said, hey, will you talk to them? And that's like, you know, and just to be able to, you know, and they know why I'm there. They So they know I'm going to share peace. I'm going to share grace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, stand as, as an agent of the Lord, you know. And so it it's a great assignment. Beautiful ministry as Christ's ambassador. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, you, you've had uh, uh, some challenges. Uh, we, we were in one of our soul talks. Um, I can still remember, um, but I can still picture the scene there at Big Canoe, Georgia, by the lake. And uh, uh, you and I were sitting at a bench, and we went to the same place where you had had your TLC time. Yes, sir. In the Soul Shepherding Institute, we do TLC time, which means to love Christ. Yes. Five hours of space for your soul for solitude and silence, or to have a, a soul talk with, with a friend there at the Institute, and just to rest in God's presence and God's beauty, to worship the Lord, maybe to take a nap, uh, meditate on Scripture, spend time with your best friend Jesus. And you chose to spend that time at, at the lake there, surrounded with the wildlife and the yeah. bugs, and yeah, all the <laughs> city boy was re- <laughs> experiencing it. And you had an amazing time of worship there. You brought a place for worship right there to the lake. And I was so struck with the way you described that is like the first time you had done it in a setting like that. And so I was so moved. I said, well, let's do our soul talk in that same spot. I I wanted to get into that place of worship (laughs) with you. (laughs) It was incredible. Because where we were having our lessons and our class on that balcony outdoors I mean, and us as students we're facing the lake and I, it was just pulling me all yeah. day well, and so yeah I mean it was automatic to go down there have my little speaker turn on my worship music and uh, I'm lifting my hands I'm singing and the lyrics have just a total new meaning being mm. outdoors there yeah um, I mean, the place is just fabulous. I mean, the tall trees, the quietness, the lake, this, hmm. you're, you're in creation with your creator. Yeah. And, uh, that experience. And I never had that in a place like that before. Mm-hmm. That was so good. And so as we were talking, uh, you were sharing different things with me, different um, uh, challenges and opportunities in your life. And one of the things that we talked about was, your journey as a church plant pastor and you're uh, planning your second church the last five years now, a place for worship in Fullerton. Prior to that, you planted in Long Beach and God really blessed you, gave you great success and you you grew a large church there. And um, that was so wonderful to see how God used you in that situation. And so you were saying, oh yeah, you thought you'd do, do it again. And now you're called to go to Fullerton and do that. And it started off looking like it was going to kind of go that same growth trajectory. And then then uh, you had a pause, and in, in, in the Lord's sovereignty, he did a deep work in you um, over, over some years that, that kind of brings us up to date. But uh, t- tell us that story and how God, God met you in there, because it's such a great example of finding contentment in, in lack or feeling like you're not succeeding like you want to. It's a, it's a great example of what we're talking about, about in, enjoying God's presence even in difficulty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Started the church, my first church in Long Beach, uh, Long Beach Community Worship Center, and planted in 1992, and um, just pastored there for 20 years. Um, it was a new experience of worship, you know, worship center in a city where it was mainly uh, a lot of 
churches, the Baptist churches, denominational churches and uh, worship was kind of new on the scene. And so to, when we start, brought that, it brought a lot of people, some out of the churches that were traditional, some just on the street, it brought them. And so we, we were able to see a quick growth. And uh, before I knew it, we were like in three services um, over a thousand people and you know it's like woo, let's go lord and, you know of course every church has its challenges um but we grew uh quickly there um and then in the 20th year um i was i was met um by bishop kenneth omer who met with my wife and i he pastored a great church faithful central in los angeles in inglewood and he said just pray see what the lord you know uh wants to do with you, I, you know, like for you to come and assist me at a uh, Faithful Central. I heard the Lord say, go where you already have relationship. And so we went to Faithful Central and we were there three years. And my wife and I thought, you know, that, okay, we might uh, take over for a bishop and uh, Lady T here at Faithful Central, but it didn't work out that way. You know, Bishop, he still had years to go. He said, you know, pastoring. And so after three years, um, just kind of felt the Lord, you know, we moved to the city of Orange and uh, felt the Lord saying, okay, you know, we're in another transition. So we were living in Orange and then from there we uh, started a place for worship and uh, five years ago. And so in my mind, it's going to be just like Long Beach, you know, yeah. going to start mm -hmm. before I know it, you know, people. So first meeting, 500 people show up. After six months, we moved over to Hope International University. We walked in that auditorium, looked in there, said, oh, this auditorium's going to be filled with students. People going to come from, you know, all over. We're gonna, yes. Before we knew it, we were down to about 50 people. And, mm. and uh, finances went down. Uh, as the people went down, uh, then my heart went down. Yeah. <laughs> and my dreams went down. And uh, it was... Bill, the hardest journey that I entered into at this particular time of ministry of watching the decline. Yes, yeah, so and you're just feeling really discouraged and and maybe feeling like you were failing. Completely. I yeah. mean, I remember there was this little canal where we lived and I would walk down and I'd just cry. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, God, you know, I want to go back to the world and just work, you know, give me my job back. I worked at Shell Oil Company for 10 years before starting the first church. I said, I'll, I'll go back there. I'll, you know, this is not it. I don't want this anymore. I mean, mm. that was my conversation mm. to the Lord. I don't want this anymore. You were ready to quit being a pastor? Completely. I was ready to go back, get a job, just go be a member somewhere. And this was like the first, second, I mean, I'm 55. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna start um you know i'm looking at myself at 55 and i'm saying i'm taking equipment again to church i'm going to storage i'm setting up chairs mm. i'm going after church breaking stuff down i said no this is you know that's exhausting exhausting and our and our bills were tight i mean mm. we were just you know borrowing money from family I remember one time a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Xavier Thompson, uh, he came, he met me for lunch. Uh, he handed me $500. This is, I mean, never happened to me before. He just said, man, here, you know, I just want to give you this. I didn't open the envelope till I got in the car in the parking lot. And Bill, I cried. Hmm. 
I just wept, you know, and I said, man, Lord, you know, thank, thank you, but this is so hard, you know, to be in this season. And, uh, but God, he, he was blessing. I didn't want to look at them because they weren't the blessings I wanted to see. His blessings was provision that we never missed a payment. You know, mm-hmm. we, were, we were paying 5500 a month to be in the auditorium there at Hope and with 50 people and uh, and never miss one payment. Wow. You know, and so we, you know, the first two years I wanted to quit. Coming into that third year, I called a friend of mine. He was having a conference, asked him to help me get placed in another church. And he said, come out here, see me. You know, I knew he worked with in that area. He said, I, I got you covered. I drove driving to the airport in Ontario, and I felt strange on the inside. Oh, Lord, what's this feeling? I get to the airport, get on the plane. Pilot comes on and says, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have, we have to wait. The technicians are coming to do something. We'll be here in about 20 minutes, and we'll take off. Cool. After 20, 30 minutes, he comes back, and he says, um, we're still waiting for them to finish. It might be another 15. Cool. We sat there an hour, right at the gate, Ontario. He comes back, said this plane is not taking off. And all during that time, I was saying, Lord, if this plane doesn't take off, I know to go back home. Hmm. When he said this plane is not going to take off, go see another flight attendant to uh, you know, get your ticket rerouted, I went straight to my car, got in it, and drove home. And I said, Lord, I give in, you know, whatever you want. I'm going to just do your will. That was your Jonah experience. Woo! All, all the way. That was my Jonah experience. And I went home and surrendered, and nothing changed immediately on the outside, but it changed in me. And and I discovered that God was not only the God of, of more than enough, which I experienced in Long Beach, but he's a God of barely enough. And he kept me and my wife and... You know, then things began to just little by little turn around. And then I'm so glad I didn't do anything stupid and crazy. <laughs> yeah, what a story. And so you, you learn to worship God in the more than enough and in the barely enough. Yeah. And it's like the Apostle Paul. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. From Philippians 4 and we, we love that uh, verse 13 there that resounding ending but sometimes we don't realize that well what that really means is I, I can go through uh, times of blessing and not not uh, give up my love and devotion to Jesus I can go through times of lack and deficit and stress and not give up my love and devotion to Jesus in the highs and the lows I can worship God and be in God's presence and remember it's all about Jesus Thanks so much for sharing that story and just your heart for God that just comes through again and helping us, just even listening to you, just appreciate that, you know, right now, we're in, each of us, you who are listening, wherever you are, whether you're in your car or you're walking or you're uh, brushing your teeth, whatever you're doing, uh, you're in God's presence. Yeah. And whatever, whatever problem you've got going on right now, whatever stress, whatever challenge, Times are good or times are not good. It's like we can we can look up and we can see if we if we open our, our hearts, we can see the smile of Jesus there. We can appreciate the presence of God. 
and to know that it's going to be okay. And more than that, it's going to be good, really good, because God is really good. Uh, so good. Thanks so much for being on Soul Talks with me and sharing. Thank you, Bill, for having me. It's an honor, man. And I hope you who are listening just feel like you got to be part of a the conversation and, and part of our friendship here and just pray that you have someone that you can go talk to now, maybe share soul talks with and have a conversation uh, or have prayer time about something that's been brought up in, in this podcast and uh, seek the Lord's face in that and invite the Lord, invite your friend into some place inside your heart where you might be hurting or there might be some big hopes. And so you're not alone with that. So, would you close us in prayer, Sheridan? Yes, sir. Thank you. Father, thank you again for just an incredible uh, time to sit in your presence, for Bill and I just to have this conversation, and for the men and women and young people who are listening to us right now, just speaking life and peace and joy and strength into everyone who's hearing this podcast, God. And I ask that you just lift them and strengthen them and give solid relationships together with each and every uh, person that that is just hearing us may they build and come into powerful relationships that would help build their lives and calibrate them right to where you are god we thank you so much for your presence thank you for your word thank you for the grace that gives us the ability to do all that you have set and designed for us to do you're an incredible god and we honor you and we give you glory and we Thank you so much for Bill and Christy and Soul Shepherd and continue to just fill them and use them to impact the lives of all of us who are in the kingdom who will take what we live, what we hear and learn and live that out in this world. In your great name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks to all of you who are listening. We love having you in our community. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, just go to Soul Talks on your podcast app or on the internet. Click that subscribe button and, and give us a review. Tell us what you appreciate about soul talks christy and i read those it's so encouraging and it helps us know what's um, most helpful to you who are listening so we'll talk to you next week i often get asked my favorite advent tradition and it really is these surprising joy advent cards because it's been so meaningful for me year after year as a way to journey with jesus through advent So I hope that you'll try it out too. Journey with Jesus this Advent and see if he might have some surprising joy for you too. You can find it on soulshepherding.org in the store or in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. 